Good morning, good morning. So, welcome. I'm here this morning to share a second message on fasting, and I was really encouraged. I had a few Facebook messages from people who said, yeah, I tried out fasting, and I really appreciate the opportunity, and it was really good. So, I hope for the people that did participate, maybe that haven't participated before, um, were really encouraged, um, and I was encouraged to get that feedback. And we did mention it briefly last week, but I just want to reiterate that um, in general we're saying like we saw the picture and the pattern in the Bible was for people to fast from food. And I just wanted to say that that's not the right thing for some people to do. And and we just leave that to your good judgment to choose something that you really care for um, if if you can't fast from food um, to to, to participate with this fasting season with us. So fasting brings us closer to God, amen? Can we get to like some agreement to that? And last week we mentioned two ways that fasting does this. Number one, when we aren't comforting ourselves with food, that gives us the opportunity to be comforted by the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the second thing was that when we go to God through fasting, we um, it's a deeper connection than when we just go through a speaker or for, through a book or through a podcast because of the sacrifice that it is to give something up. And so we've talked about what fasting is and and why we might do that last week. And so this morning, I'd just like to briefly talk about what can result or what results from fasting. And I want to offer a couple of thoughts on the promises that God makes to those that fast. And we're going to look at that through um, the verse that we introduced this, this series with, which is from Matthew 6, when Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. So can we read that to start with? Or I'll read that actually, not we. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So Jesus here is describing two fasts, an unacceptable fast and an acceptable fast. One which he will reward and honor, and the other one which is a reward in and of itself. And just in order to capture the attitude of a pharisaical fast, we can look to Luke 18, 10 to 3. Jesus tells a parable of two people that go to the temple to pray. It says, two men went to the temp- up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. And Pharisees used to fast on Mondays and Thursdays. And um, when I was trying to think about what maybe it would be like to encounter a Pharisee in the marketplace, I remembered back when I was too younger and when you had brothers and sisters. And and they'd come into the room and they'd, they'd, they'd be like, and then they'd wait, and then maybe they'd have to go again, and they'd go, oh, what's wrong? Nothing. And then maybe they'd have a few more sighs, and then you'd ask them again, oh, well, actually, and then they would go on and tell you. And I just imagine a Pharisee, I think it's helpful to imagine, like you'd encounter this Pharisee looking all somber and sad, and maybe he'd go, and then so you'd be able to say, Oh, are you fasting, are you? And then, oh, yes, I am. So, yeah, I just thought that was a useful like thing to think about. But 
in New Zealand society, I don't where, where the idea of personal holiness is perhaps something more likely to be scoffed at rather than celebrated. Um, I don't think we have a risk of people fasting and then boasting about it, and um, yeah, like, like we read in this verse. And I had a conversation with a workmate who came down from Hawke's Bay, um, and we got chatting, and, and my way to, into talking about faith things is usually through saying, hey, what do you do? And like, hey, I actually only work 20 hours a week because I run a youth ministry, and, and that enables me to get into that topic and, and talk about those sorts of things. And he was went on to tell me about his life and his upbringing. And he said that, oh, yeah, I was raised in the Anglican church, and my grandmother was an Anglican priest, and all these sorts of things, and went on to say. And then he, he offered these words, which I always find quite curious. He said, oh, yeah, but then I realized it's not for me, eh? You know, I believe in it. You've got to believe in it. But, like, the lifestyle is not for me. And I don't want to get into the, the logic or the um, incoherence of that logic. But I just want to suggest that, to some extent, the concept of the freedom that we have under grace, like the free forgiveness of sin... Maybe it leads us to pick and choose what we will and we won't do. And in some senses, maybe we don't do things for the same reason that the Pharisee would do all of these sorts of things. Are we tracking with that? Like the Pharisee did a whole lot of things for the praises of men. And I wonder if in our context, we don't do a lot of things for the praises of men, saying like, oh no, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but those sorts of statements. And so Jesus says to this Pharisee that, that he's received his reward in full. And I, and I want to think of that in terms of the reward as, as like the Pharisees were into the scriptures the whole time. They're into, into um, serving and, and they love the praises of people. And I want to think of a Pharisee as a dead end. Like they had the scripture, they had God coming in, but because of their attitude and because they were looking to people for their reward, it just stopped and it didn't go on further. And part of the reason that the elders have asked me to share this morning is to share the vision for youth this year, the vision that we have. And this year our vision is for youth is to become people of outflow. And, and the picture that we're using for that is the picture of the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. Both of those are actually lakes called seas, but the Sea of Galilee is fed in the north by the Jordan River and it, the Jordan River flows out to the south and then it flows down and then it ends in the Dead Sea where it just stops because it's, it's so low, um, it's way below sea level. And um, the Sea of Galilee is fresh water, it teems with life, people live there, it's green, it's, it's lovely. And then the Dead Sea is, I'm sure that we've seen the picture of the people just sitting in there and floating, it's nine times more salty than seawater and it's, it's no, there's nothing that can live in that. And what I mean by the Pharisee being a dead end and, and us not wanting to be that is we need the God that flows into us then to be expressed and to outflow into the places that we go and into the life that we live. When the life of God that flows into us doesn't flow out again, we can get salty and we can get stale and, and we don't stay fresh and we don't stay alive. So getting back to Matthew, after talking about the hypocrite, Jesus sets out a few criteria for the type of fast that is acceptable. And it says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you're fasting, but only to your father. And 
and I just reflected on that, that there are some things that we do need to do when we fast. It's not, um, you know, there are a few instructions there. And I think that that pattern is something that um, uh, is expressed throughout the Bible. Um, and I really, really, the, the truth or this became clear to me through this quote that I heard um, in one of David Riddell's resources that I got after he visited called Walking in the Spirit. And in there he says this, he says, Salvation is unconditional, but the promises of God are conditional on conforming to God's criteria. And I think that fasting is one of the ways that we bring ourselves into being this sort of person and into the right sort of place where we um, can get close to God and, and conform to the things that he would have us do. So I'm not going to, this isn't going to be a long message this morning, but I'd like to just talk about some of the rewards that came out of the second fast that I did last year. And Viv, I love your story about years of, of dedication and years of fasting. And, and so I don't mean to say that fasting is an instant sort of thing, but I, during um, the second fast that I did last year, I did really have an immediate thing that God um, did through my life um, straight away. And... Yeah, I'm not saying that we'll always notice a reward in this lifetime. Being closer to God and becoming more like Christ is a reward. It is the reward. But if we look at Matthew and if we look at the pattern of the whole Bible, God does reward people who fast. Um, that's just something that we see over and over again. And so just to one of these stories of the reward from last year, we, um, the youth leaders went to a conference in Wanganui and it was the Youth of the Nation Leaders Conference. And after the guy spoke on the Friday night that we went up there, he just like picked me out and, and told me all of these things that were a bunch of encouragement and that sort of thing. And he talked to me as though I'd like hit a wall and that I was frustrated and um, that I had stopped. Um, but he also said that God had given me a language, given me understanding, and had deposited an incorruptible seed. And I don't want to make this story longer than it needs to be, but I had really had no idea what that meant. Like, it was really encouraging and stuff, but for a few months I was like, oh, great. And I would read it from time to time, and I would pray about it, and I just didn't know exactly what that meant for me. But I had this second opportunity to fast last year. And in the few days afterwards, I read um, a passage in a book, and then I heard a sermon, and then I um, read something that just spoke to me so strongly out of the Word, and I just want to tell you what all of those things culminated in. And the first thing out of after this fast was that I read um, this quote in a book called Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth, and it says this, When the farmer gets his seed into the ground, he does not dig it up every day to see how it is doing, but he says, I'm glad that is settled. He believes the seed has begun its work. Why not have the same faith in the imperishable seed, Christ's words, which he says are spirit and life? Believe that they are already doing their work without waiting to see. If the Father, without any definite promise, can have faith in nature, why can't the Christian have faith in the God of nature? And that was a really, um, that really unlocked this idea of a seed. And I'm like, oh, wow, like, that's, I need to have faith that as I pray, like, it gets started straight away. The second thing was that I read this verse in Romans 15, verse 13, which says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And then the third piece was the sermon, and it was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how speaking in tongues is the overflow of the Holy Spirit being um, and infilling somebody. So all of these things came together, and, and the, when I read that um, verse in Romans, I had a person on my heart who I just thought, man, I've just got to text that to. And we caught up and we had coffee, and then I told um, her, and I said, hey, like, this verse is, is for you, and um, I know that you've had some experience of the Holy Spirit, but I just believe that God wants you to have like the whole baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, so... In a car outside Countdown and Upper Heart, we prayed together, and this person like received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues, and that was so encouraging for me. That was like the growth of my faith again. I was like, oh man, it was brilliant. So I was so excited that I went round to another friend's house, who I knew also was like waiting for this speaking in tongues business, and so I was like, man, this verse is something. Um, the overflow is the unlocking thing. Let's pray about it. And we were going to, but then some visitors came around. So I said, oh, I'll come back tomorrow. And then she texted me in the morning saying like, wow, I was just praying before work with the music on. And then I started speaking in tongues as well. And so those are just some examples of, of what it means by the reward. And, and I love that you said like to use our stories to glorify God because that had nothing to do with me. But I'm just telling you to encourage you and to be like, man, let's give glory to God for that. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, let's be encouraged. Let's be gentle with each other. Um, let's pr- but let's pray for breakthroughs. Let's pray for our friends and our family who need to know Jesus. Let us um, fast and seek God for this place to be filled on Easter Sunday. Let us fast and prepare our hearts to celebrate the greatest day in the calendar, the greatest day in the Christian calendar, the thing that our whole faith hinges on, the, the, the day that our Savior rose again, the day that he came back to life so that we could have life and life abundant. Um, yeah, so that's all, all I wanted to share this morning. Um, as Jeanette just comes up, we're going to... Um, fast this week um, as well and we invite you to join us to fast on Wednesday and Thursday Um, that's an invitation if if two days sounds a little bit too challenging then uh, we invite you to fast on Thursday with us we're going to be meeting in the cafe at 6am to seek God and to fast and pray together as a community for um, this coming Easter and and all of the people in our community and I'm going to pray so could we pray together Lord, I thank you that you're good, Lord, and I thank you that everyone who is a Christian, Lord, everybody who has come to know you has stories that they can share, Lord, that testify of your goodness and your greatness in their life, Lord. We thank you for the reward that you offer every person that believes in your name, Lord, that they may be saved, Lord, that they may have life um, everlasting with you, Lord. That's the greatest reward that there could ever be, and we thank you for that, God. And I pray ahead for this Easter, and I pray for all of us here, Lord, that, that we would put our words um, into action. We would speak out to our friends and neighbors. We would invite people to come, and we would discuss you with them, Lord. We would testify of your goodness in, in those conversations in our life, Lord. And yeah, we, we just seek you together for this community, Lord, that your life would come into it. In Jesus' name, amen.